All right, good evening and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, February 12th. I'm your host, Randall. Got my partner in crime, Tommy, and Madman working the boards. Enos is on his way in. Oops. Uh, oopsie. Oopsie. Okay, everybody bear with me one moment here. Bear with Madman. There we go. And I need to also... Never mind. I was going to put the feed out there for others, but... I can't watch my own video because then you get that whole infinity picture and things crash and All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. cats and dogs sleeping together. Total chaos. Okay. All right. So let's get into the, the news items or what happened over the last week. First off, I always got to make sure I ask, how was your weekend, everybody? Oh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So um, starting uh, with a bit of sad news, our condolences go out to the family of Victor Gorlick, um, editor of Archie Comics for the last um, 60 years. Oh, wow. Passed away at the age of 78. So. Yeah. Definitely tragic news. So sorry, everybody. Um, I'm sure he will be greatly missed. Um, so Free Comic Book Day is coming on May 2nd. Um, and DC has released details of what their offering is this year. Uh, and it looks like Wally West is going to be getting the powers of Dr. Manhattan. Oh, wow. In fact, uh, the story is called Generation Zero, and the artwork shows Wally and now like a blue costume with Dr. Manhattan's symbol on his forehead, um, which is going to pick up directly from what happens in the end of... Flash Forward. Flash Forward, issue six, because they already said that there's going to be a huge change to Wally in that issue. So obviously... Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Actually, it should be um, pretty interesting. But they're also apparently reprinting the story Brave New World, which came out of Wonder Woman issue 750. Mm -hmm. So I will freely admit, while I picked up Wonder Woman 750, I kind of more just perused it instead of actually read it. Yeah, I haven't read, read it. it. I haven't read it yet. But apparently this story has a major tie into the Generation Zero thing that's coming. So... Yeah, because that's the one where they're where they're establishing Wonder Woman as the first superhero in their new timeline and everything like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're like me and you picked up Wonder Woman 750 for the iconic value and got one of the era covers, maybe go back and actually read it because <laughs> it looked like it's uh, going to have um, a huge effect because issue 751 came out today too. Okay, okay. Um, so um, it's not Scott Snyder... Called him Snot. Snot. <laughs> Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo um, are about to reveal their next big project for DC. Um, probably going to be another Dark Knight uh, related thing. Or I would Batman imagine, thing. yeah, that they're kind of linked. But remember, them. Snyder did say a while back that they would love to do something with Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. But meanwhile, even after all that's going on, Greg Capullo treat, um, tweeted a little teaser look to the net to the uh, Dark Knight's Metal sequel that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it had Batman with a rather distinct Cthulhu look about him. Because hmm. he had like tentacles on his face and said, okay, we're going to go really dark with Batman. Now. That's, wow, that's a little I weird. mean, I'm okay with it. That's what all the Dark Knight medals were, with all the dark versions of Batman. Yeah. But I'm just surprised that they're actually going to bring the Lovecraft uh, touch into it as well. Yeah, that is a little, little, little sci-fi-ish, I guess. So get this. Um, I reported this last week. Batman's getting a new villain, Punchline, who's going to be replacing Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. um, so that is going to be starting in Batman 89. Apparently it's going to be the equivalent of the Hulk 180. It'll be a cameo at the end of it type of deal. Uh, okay. With their first full appearance going to be in Hell or Risen number three. Number um, three. Year of the villain, which has actually been pretty good. Um, but 
according to DC, and this is just crazy, these books haven't even come out yet. Batman 89, I think, is next week, and I think the Year of the Villain, Hellraiser number three, also. They have already announced they're doing second printings of 89 and Hellraiser 3 because they're sold out. Wow. Um, so that, Wow. Right. So if you are following Batman or, or Hellraiser and you have it on your pull, I would say read it, then bag and board it, and hope speculation drives it up the wall for you. It sounds like it is already. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, you're going to see command, those commanding high prices on eBay. Yep. And I'm already reading Batman. Um, yeah. And and what Tinian is doing now is really good so far. If, he started with issue 86. 86. I've liked the, I've read 86 and 87. I've decided to pick up since we have a new creative team and everything. And, and I think Check 88. It out. I've, I've liked it so far. And I think 88 just dropped um, last week. So, guys, if you weren't reading Batman because of the Tom King hate, go back, start with 86. It is now uh, James Tinian IV writing it, who also had a really good stint on Detective. And he started off really good on this story so far. Yeah, I don't hate Tom King. You know, it was just, it was so involved and so deep in the woods that I figured I'd wait until um, a new creative team took over before before I, I jumped in. Oh, you want him on that corner? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before uh, I jumped in, and you know, we know all know watch, your, your watch, feelings about Tom uh, King. But Watch the camera there because I tell you, if you bump that, Eric will literally come in here and kill you. I don't. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> We've already been yelled at multiple times. All right. So. This is the segment I have to call Time to Break Tommy because I was reading this uh, a couple days ago. So, you know, they're getting ready to do that Empire. Yeah. Which is actually, I'm actually going to give this one a shot. Yeah, I, this is the one where they, with the, the Creed and the, the Scrolls. The Creed and the Scroll are now are allied up and they're coming against coming Earth. Coming up against Earth. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm probably going to give this a try too. Issue three what has what looks like maybe the return of Marvel on the cover. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, nope. I told you. No. Um, no. And it's funny. Mm, why no, had, that, that's a whole lot of no right now. They no. haven't actually said who no. it is, but they said it, it looks like it might be Marvel in a redesigned costume. No. And, and here comes a part that's now going to really break in. I mm -hmm. think this is happening in Avengers 18. Um, Captain Marvel, and I mean the Carol Danvers one, is going to become the supreme accuser. Okay. Which is normally... Well, damn. So she's taking over Ronan's place? That's absolutely. In fact, the what I was reading, I guess he comes to Earth um, and things go bad for him. So. Well, you were speaking of the Empire. Good evening, folks. My apologies for being late. Yes, the, um, the Empire um, crossover. Crossover. Well, you know the central character of that is Marvel's son, Hulkling. Right, right exactly. So, so that may not be too far fetched. You know, I've gotten, I have come to grips with the fact that, you know, Marvel is, is the. Is the one character now that um, they brought everybody else back that no one said should be brought back except Uncle Ben? Is the character that's dead and stayed I, dead? I'll so. say of and that's of both universes. Yeah. Because even uh, the Kents have been brought back in right. in a previous timeline. Right. Um, I, I don't want them bringing Marvel back. He had a, he had an epic death that meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, you know, we talked about it. That 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 book makes me cry. I and mean, it cheatens it, it cheatens his death much it like death. yeah, it does. Bring him back. It, 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 to, it it does. And, he needs and to remain dead. It, it's like you know, if um, you know when, when you look at like you know Gen how Genesis quote unquote he didn't die. If it was like if if Genesis had continued to be Captain Marvel and had perished in the way that he did in the in the pages of the Thunderbolts, then, yeah, that would be a little bit more because he was nothing but pure energy. So that is 
feasible and something that would work in comics. But you know, Marvel died from something that could kill. In, that, yeah, it could take any. A right. very familiar d- disease, and I think Stalin, when he did that, the whole purpose of that was to show the struggle of his father. Mm-hmm. As he was fighting and ultimately passed from cancer. And I can honestly say that The Death of Captain Marvel was the first book that I read where I actually felt the pain of the characters that were in yeah, the book. No doubt. And, and you felt what they were going through. You weren't just reading a comic book. Right. You were actually experiencing what they were feeling with them. And right. I think, and, and I think um, like you said, as much as I would love to see Marvel, because you guys know, I'm just about as with Marvel as I am the Phantom. I love the guy, but I have to agree with Tommy on this one, and and, and, and you as well. You know, um, bringing him back would just cheapen the whole thing, and 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 it would take the and it would take the. What is the word? It it, it it takes the oomph out of the significance of his passing. Well, it's, right. it's just as bad as when they brought back Barry Allen. Yeah. After you saw the yeah. whole way he died was keeping um, the anti-monitor machine from completing yeah, I didn't his want Yeah, I didn't want them to bring Barry back so. either. He, he died an epic, heroic death, and he deserved to stay dead. Right. Especially in the fact that Wally had actually come into his own he had, as the Flash. He paid his dues. Yes, yeah, absolutely. He actually came into his own as as the Flash and to bring him back like that, they gave him a family and the book was doing very well. You know, with 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 uh, the wife and the kids and everything and they're discovering their abilities. Then to bring Barry back and it's just like everybody just chucked Wally to the side. Right. So I really hope with the Heroes in Crisis, the Flash Forward, and with the new direction that Wally's taking, we're going to get Wally to have Wally back to where he was or even surpass. Well, now, did you hear the news out of my head just before you came in? About him and Dr. Manhattan? Yeah, it looks, I, like, looks yeah. like he's getting Dr. Manhattan's power. Yeah, yeah, I okay. read that last week. All right. Yeah, I'm thinking this is going to end up being a clone. A clone of Wally or Marvel? Marvel. Okay, gotcha. I think it's, it's going to be a clone. Uh, and you know, Marvel loves their clones and their they L- love their clones and so their I'm LMDs. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a clone. All right, At sweet. least that's what I'm hoping for. I, I don't want, want it to be the actual Captain Marvel. No. So, because then you also have another problem, too. Or another one when, of his when kids. You, when you bring him back, you're going to have to call him Captain Marvel. So what are you going to do with Danvers? Are you going to, is she going to no longer be Captain Marvel? Or are you going to have two Captain They Marvels? had like three Iron Men's running around. They're going to have two Captain Marvels. Well, I guess they could. So, um, other news. Um, Marvel has revealed the, and I love this, the series called The Marvels by <laughs> Kurt Busiek and uh, Yole Sinar. Um, well, covers by uh, Alex Ross. But it's going to be a lot like the, the old Marvel series that they did um, mm-hmm. back in, I guess, early 2000s. But the difference is they're actually going to be using the entire Marvel Universe. Because they said the epic stories have always been with the Avengers or the X-Men or mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four. Um, and I'm kind of paraphrasing what Music said here. The whole idea of the Marvel is to be able to use the whole Marvel Universe um, and it's intended as a freewheeling book and go anywhere, do anything, use anyone. Um, so I would actually like to see that. I would yeah, like I'm to see a lot more epic tales. You know, it, the, the whole fate of the universe and the balance, not using the core teams we always get. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good when they when they use some of the more obscure stuff too. 
Um, okay, have you guys got any news items? I'm sorry, guys. I've got something on my feet, which is why you sound mm -hmm. suddenly see me touch something um, here. Yeah, you know, the only the only things I had probably pr pretty much pertains to uh, what we're our subject tonight. So I guess we'll wait for. Well, and I'm saving that yeah. for when we get so into when we it. get yes, into absolutely. that. So, so something popped up on my news feed today, and I don't know how much truth it is to it. But word is Sony wants to bring Andrew Garfield back as Spider-Man. Oh God, why? Why we, we, I don't Tom, know. Tom Holland's a good one. We got him. We, yeah, it, yeah. I'm, I'm like uh, Sony. You, you, you finally have brought Spider-Man where he needs to be. You've given Tom Holland an excellent start in two great films, and and even along the ones uh, he appeared in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As far as I'm concerned, he's our Spider-Man. Yeah, and, and I think they need yeah. to leave it alone. That I, I agree. I mean, I, I like there. There were some aspects of Garfield Spider-Man that I did like. I thought he made a great Spider-Man, but a terrible Peter Parker. Oh my God, yes. Um, just like with um Tobey Maguire, I felt that Maguire that that Tobey made a great Peter Parker, but his Spider-Man was fine. But he made, like a, he be, he made a better Peter than he did Spider-Man. The thing that that irked me about Toby Maguire's Spider-Man is that he's known for talking trash because he loves to talk trash at base basketball games. And I was like, why didn't they allow him to bring that to his Spider-Man persona? Because I would have loved to have seen him do that, especially with the um, um, when he was in that wrestling gear in that scene with Randy Savage because he really would have used that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well... They were going for the classic Spider-Man, right. the nerd that we got from Mason Fantasy 15 in, mm -hmm. in the early years. Garfield was the, okay, let's bring this kid to the modern day where he was a little more um, quick with the quips and a, a little bit smart Yeah, I thought he was very good with, with that. But, I mean, I look at Garfield and I don't see a kid that wasn't popular in high school. Right. So. And I concur. Maybe with I'm you. wrong. I, I hated him as Peter I Parker, him as but Peter. I loved him as Spider-Man because he had the right attitude. He, yeah. Yeah, right. He was a great Spider-Man, but a terrible Peter because his Peter was obnoxious. Right. And and, and he was not likable. And I think that's my big problem is I, I he was not a nice kid. Yeah. You, you don't want to bully, and that's kind of the impression I got from him that he was just a step below the bully. Right. Uh, in the Spider-Man suit. So moving on, uh, new releases for the week. Um, this one, I actually almost overlooked this until I had to go read the description um, from Boom Studios, Alienated Number 1. Um, and this is about three teenagers who are also a little bit cocky, a little bit full of themselves, find an alien entity that has crashed on Earth. Hmm. Um, and when they actually start raising it and take care of it, they realize that it's a predator. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, and, I don't, and I don't mean like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger um, predator right. type of thing. Um, so I said, okay. I, like I said, I almost slept on it. I remember reading about this a few weeks ago. I just happened to go out there and check the description. I said, oh, yes, I wanted to get that. So, guys, um, it's in your comic shop. came out today. Alienated number one by Boom Studios. Yeah. You're going to want to go snag that. Um, Boom has put out some good stuff in the past. And, and like I said, Boom is the one that's been really good with uh, doing some of the horror lately. Them and uh, I think Dynamite had done some stuff, too. Over on the DC side, um, I picked this up today, and I'm still asking myself, why did I buy this? Um, Batman Pennyworth, rest in peace, number one, um, which is going to be the whole telling the early story of, of Alfred Pennyworth, which I'm sorry. Okay, he was a great butler. He was a fantastic character. I don't really want to read a one-shot of what he did in his previous life. I just, yeah. just me. Um, Superman Heroes, number one. Um, which is one of two, because there's also going to be a Superman Villains, number one, but both of these are going to be the reaction of both the sides to him coming out and revealing his uh, secret identity. Okay. So 
the heroes is obviously going to be Batman and company. What you were acting to, you know, did you know he was Clark Kent the whole time? Or mm. and the villains going to be like, did you know he was Clark Kent? Um, so I'm really curious to see how those two books do. Um, because let's be honest, if you're a villain, what's the first thing you're thinking? Find the apartment and bomb it. That's right. right. So, well, especially with some of his villains too. Right. Um, and then Green Lantern season two number one um, <laughs> dropped today as well. Um, I didn't read the Grant Morrison run on Green Lantern. I'll freely admit by issue three, I was like, okay, I, I'm done. But remember, he um, dismantles the core at the end of that. And then there's the whole Black Stars miniseries, and they became the Black Stars, uh, which is like a version of the Dark Stars type of thing. And now we're getting season two of Green Lantern. So I'm thinking I may just go back and pick up the trades. Grant's still writing it? Yep. Yes. Okay, I'm out. So. <laughs> Well, apparently it's, he's done really good. And I know what you're saying because Grant Morrison um, has this thing where it starts off great, starts off great, and all of a sudden it goes off over here and you went, what the hell just happened? Yeah. So Let me know when Jeff Johns starts writing it again. Never happened. He, he will be back. Uh, I think he's too wrapped up with CW and some of their, their television productions. And, well, remember, he came back to write Shazam. He so. did come back to write Shazam. Well, um, this is going to sound odd coming from me, but I would be willing... To have him give up Shazam to take over Green Lantern. That's not odd at all. Well, I'm just saying, you know how big a Shazam fan I I would, I would, here's the thing. I think there's any number of writers who can take over Shazam and make it successful. Yeah, I think Johns is is the one who saved Green Lantern when he was in trouble. Johns is Green Lantern. He's why we now have the whole color core and uh, all the other spectrums and brought us the the blackest night and the brightest day. And, And it's, I mean, it's, Common knowledge, those books started taking a hit when he left them. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So I would, yeah, I would actually have no problem with that. I would like to see, oddly enough, someone like Kelly Sue DeConnick on Shazam. Yeah. Or, or maybe even um, Gail Simone. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I'd read in pretty much anything she did. She's a great writer. Right. Uh, so so she'd new, be great there. New releases on the Marvel side. I just, I just love that they're doing this one. Gwen Stacy, number one. <laughs> uh, why? 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 That, and that's why I love it. I, I was like, why would you do this why? book? This is another. This is just like the Mary Jane series. It's twenty years too late. Why? Yeah. And then even twenty years ago, if you told me Mary Jane was getting her own series, I'd be like, why? Why? Right. Well, back when they were doing the whole thing with her going from the modeling to the movie acting, then I would have seen it. But they're, they're trying to basically resurrect the dead storyline because that's exactly what she's doing now. She's making a movie. And then Nebula number one. Uh, is this the same Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy? That's what I'm thinking. And you're reading Guardians. Do you know what's going on with Nebula? I do not. Okay. No. Yeah, um, they uh, they change creative teams, so she's not part of the team in issue one, so I'm not sure exactly what's going to be going on with her. Who did they replace her with? Uh, the current team that was going out was, um, of course, Star-Lord, Rocket, um, Moondragon. Was it Phyla- Phylavel? Is that her... Moon, yeah. Moon Dragon's uh, girlfriend. Yeah, and who else? I cannot wait. Think. Moon Dragon's lesbian. Yes. Yeah. How long ago did this happen? Uh, this uh, has been about. It's been about at least ten years. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shows that I haven't uh, kept up with Moon Dragon. Um, Drax is back too. Yeah, and um, they um, they made her a lesbian right after um, Falavel became took over Captain Marvel, and around the time Genesis became one of the Thunderbolts and then they flew off somewhere. So 
Well, and I have to admit, I, I haven't kept up with Moondragon since the days when she was in Avengers. Um, she was a character I thought, oh, that's an interesting yeah. character, and I just didn't yeah. keep up with her. Yeah, yeah. Th this one right here, I, I picked up uh, issue one, and I read it. I liked it all right. It's It would be one of my... Um, my first book's out, though, because if I decide that I do need to make cuts because Beta Ray Bill did not come back. <laughs> ah, there's... Ah, but it's funny was, you mentioned that. I'm surprised you didn't see that he was in the book and just put one wreck on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, it... I want to continue with it because I, I did like the, you know, Donnie Cates' run on it, you know, and, and it was good. So I want to see what... Um, I believe Al Ewing is the one writing it now. So I would like to see what he's going to do with it. And, you know, there's a serious lack of Marvel books in my pull list, so this is one that I could... And you might want to add Thor number three to that because Beta I Ray is in... I, I still got to pick up number two. Yeah, Beta Ray Bill shows up this week. And I, but the lack of Beta Ray Bill is... And yeah. you, what you said about there being a lack of Marvel in your pull, I actually realized that a couple of days ago that there is a, a significant lack of Marvel in my pull. Um, I think right now it's Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. And I think that's it. You guys got me on... Uh, Fantastic Four. So I like that. And well, that fan and uh that Fantastic Four X Men. I wanna check that out. That does look good. It, it does it's very good. But, Terry Terry and Rachel kick serious oh, yeah, butt the with the artwork. Yeah, yeah, and that, I wanna add one from D C that you didn't call for the new release today, and this is this is on my don't sleep on this list. Hawkman. Well, you push, number you're always pushing Hawkman. Yeah, you're always yeah. telling us to buy Hawkman. Um, One of these days, and, I'm actually going to do it. And it seems like now with <laughs> this... One of these days, I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> with, with, with this week's... Um, with, with, with this issue, Hawkwoman is returned, and, so, and Adam Strange is there as well. So I'm wondering if there's... Oh, one. I know exactly what they're doing. They're and, building up to Strange Adventures. Right, and I, and I think also we might be seeing a little tinge of... I wonder if there's going to be a reigniting of the Rand Thanagar War. So which, they can always go. All back right, to I'm that. going back to the shop tomorrow and pick it. Hawkman, Hawkman number twenty one. Twenty one. All right, I'm going back and picking it up. Um, all right. So any other new releases or any other news items before I have Enos uh, pay our bills? Flash eighty eight. Um, the Immortal Hulk number well, thirty one. Well, that's because they just tied up the whole storyline with Cold and right. Which you right. know what? Before we get there, that, that reminds me. I have a bone to pick DC. So. The whole thing with the Perpetual War and the Legion of Doom ended in Justice League 39. And it was all doom and gloom. And then you get 40, and the world still looks just like everything's fine. I'm, excuse me, it's evil just won. Why are, why are they not concerned about the fact that, you know, humanity has lost, lost faith and sided with evil? Have you, have you read this? No, I haven't looked at this. Is this the but, Justice but, League War? Because I have not finished that yet. No. <laughs> I have not got the last issue. All right, I, I'm, spoilers. Justice League 40 acts like everything's fine. No, in other words, it's DC's version of Infinity War. Absolutely. Um, although, uh, 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 although you're just going to tell I me say? what happened, so go right ahead. Sure thing. Uh, a Daxamite shows up. A Daxamite shows up? And uh, mentions that um, they are manning up uh, an army to go back to war, and it's being led by the Eradicator. Bazoom! Oh, there yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I did so, see that. All right, so anyway, all right. Sorry about that. It's just a little pet peeve I had because the way 39 ended, it was like Perpetua has going to recreate the universe. The, the Dark Side has won. The Legion of Doom, blah, blah, blah. And then they actually get like banished and sent back to Earth. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I don't understand why everything seems to be just fine. You know, you're not really making a mention of the fact that you just got your asses kicked. Bingo. You know, keep it up on my current events, pal, as he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Anus, pay the bills. Gladly. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's episode of Lost in the Long Box is brought to you by Flashback Comics. Located on 3112 PS Business Drive, just off Smoketown Road in Woodbridge, Virginia. They have an excellent array of or selection of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. And Sundays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And when you go by, tell Troy, the manager there, who is a great guy and one walking two-legged encyclopedia of comics knowledge, that Lost in the Lone Box sent you. Absolutely. All right, so now we're going to get to our favorite segment, Show and Tell. Show and, and Tell. And I keep forgetting this. I need to just put a big note card. We stream this live on YouTube, guys, so... Um, if you're listening to the show, we appreciate that, but please go watch the YouTube feed because one of the segments we started doing a few months ago at the request of one of our listeners is showing off items in our collection, and it's become one of our popular segments. And i got to tell you guys right now, I'm going to win show and tell. I didn't even tell them what it is yet. Uh, okay, so let's show off what we got. So in this first part, I have this book too. Yeah. Uh, this is actually one of my favorites. Um, Badman, if you would. Brett, you know, I don't even remember the number now. My set. Brave and the Bold 166. Batman and the Black Canary. <clears throat> now, i tell you why I kind of really like this issue, and I, I'm sorry it's going to sound a bit pervish. At the time that this book came out, I had been doing some studying into the whole um, Seduction and Innocent and the parade and the whole CCA, and a couple of things I talked about that had been uh, put out there about why it came about was women's in bondage and lingerie and headlights. <laughs> And Black Canary straight up gets tied up in her underwear in this issue. You don't see it on the cover, but at the back, um, Penguin's captured her. He has stripped off the, her costume, and she's sitting there tied in a chair in her underwear. And Batman frees her, takes out Penguin, and then she comes up, she's talking to him and hugs him in her underwear. And yeah. I'm like, could you at least put on the damn clothes? <laughs> um, so, and the reason I remember this so well is... After I read the whole article about the CCA and how it came about, I started paying attention to the comics that were coming out, yeah. looking for the exact same things that had caused the CCA. Right. And it was making notes of, well, right there's Woman in Bondage on the front cover, right there's Headlights on the front cover. Right. And then, case in point, there was Black Canary in her underwear tied up, so you got two of the Daily Sins right in that <coughs> same issue. Yep. So, and, and Madman's giving me a look like you are a perv. All right, so that is actually a, a pretty good book. Madman's got another great one here. I have to reach back. I should have moved the table up closer to me. Uh, and this was actually that great era of the 100-page spectacular. Justice League number 110. Look at that spine. Yep. I really loved um, back when DC in the 70s were doing these 100-page yeah, spectaculars. They went up to 50 cents, but it was 100 pages, you know? Yeah. Yep. But it was great, too, because it was always, like, an original news story at the front. Right. And then, like, the greatest tales or a reprinting of an earlier yeah, story. Yeah, you get B and C stories in them. They were right. great. And, like, so many of them, are, the spines are all messed up. The spine, the spine is a little rough, but you know, are, what, you know what that that's is? That's still a nice book. They were all red, you know? Well, yeah. here's the thing. Most comics, when they're case in point, bear with me. Uh, single staple or nothing. Well, the staples actually go through the middle of the book, so it's like laid out flat and they're stapling it. Whereas these, because of the size of them, they couldn't do that, so it's actually stapled on the sides and then the cover's pretty much glued on. Yeah. Whereas uh, in the actual comic book, ever since the dawn of time, the cover was stapled as part of the book itself. And I used to catch hell trying to, uh, um, when I used to have when I was a kid, because the covers would just come right off of them. Like yeah. it was nothing. 
In fact, I'm going to real quickly here. Bear with me, guys, because Madman pointed it out, and so now I have to show it. Um, so, case in point, I've got a, a new comic here, Vampirilla, and you can see right here in the middle, the staples actually go through the book, so the cover is stapled directly to it. All right? What was, and you have to admit, this really irks you about these things. It was the only drawback that you hated. If you look, you can't see it here, but the staples are not in the spine. Oh, nope. What they did is they would actually staple the book down here in the corner. Yep. And then they would, the spine, the, the cover <coughs> was actually glued on. And, and you knew that eventually, the more you read it, that cover was going to come off. Yep. Sometimes you picked them off the rack and it was already coming off. Remember yep. that? Yeah. Because people had read them to death in the darn store. Yep. But still, those are those books that you have a love-hate relationship with because you, you love that era. You love when they did the 100-page spectacular. But at the same time, like, I don't want to open this and read this because I know the damn cover's going to come off. <laughs> and then Tommy brought in something here. Now, he may have shown us off already. We don't know, but I just I don't nice think I have. So Shazam number one, the the um, first silver modern age, the first DC issue after they bankrupt Fawcett and took it. But this is a 9.2 graded. I have no camera. Throw something at Madman. We need camera, Madman. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah, EK. I don't know what you're doing over there, but it, it vibrates, and that's just a little scary. Um, but yeah, beautiful cover. I'm going to slide it down just a wee bit so you can see the 9.2 grading. Uh, do you have greater notes on this? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I think I'd have to pay for them. But white pages. Yeah. Now, well, yeah, if, if it's a nine, it's usually always going to be white pages. Now, the thing that's great about this is I think this even predates the TV show, doesn't it? Yes. Because they started this. They realized they had this character that they weren't doing anything with. Let's, let's start putting comics out there. And I want to say this is directly responsible for getting the TV show on it. It was because, because, this, because this came out. Um, then this was spurred on by the late E. Nelson Bridwell, who was a big reason why Shazam came to the forefront. And within, I do believe this was in late 1972, early 1973, um, right, right on the heels of this book coming back and this increased popularity. Uh, a year later, we have the live-action TV show on CBS starring uh, Michael Gray, the late Les Tremaine, and Jackson Boswick as Captain Marvel and, I, and Shazam. And I, and I tell you why, too, because I guarantee you CBS wanted some type of superhero show for the Saturday morning lineup, and when they asked for Superman, either the licensing was way too high, or DC said, no, we have plans for Superman, um, you can have Shazam. And they well, went, and they I went, tell Who? you why they didn't get <laughs> Superman. Because if you recall, the um, the Super Friends debuted the year before, and ABC had them. And ABC right? had them. So so then they went and got Shazam, and then they wound up creating ISIS strictly for television. Then she wound up doing the Harley Quinn thing, went from just being a TV character to being mm -hmm. an actual character of the DC universe. Yeah, but you know what? That character died off as soon as the show did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes. Well, they bought her back in, uh, what was it, New 52? It was in 52. Yeah, they bought her back in 52. Yeah, because she's with uh, Black she's Adam. With Black Adam. So I actually just recently um, converted all my comics into new long boxes and got mm -hmm. rid of all the drawer boxes that I had. Mm -hmm. um, and I found in there, in the 52 run, 
the World War Three miniseries that happens oh, that, was good. that happens between fifty and fifty one and fifty two. That is such a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to dig that back out and read it. If you haven't read World War Three, um, go find a trade. It's part of the the, the whole fifty two um, series that DC did, but it's a good standalone. It's basically where uh, where Black Adam decides he's declaring war on the rest of the superhuman community and, and the world. And he's like, "Keep all your villains out of here. They come in our borders. I kill them." You know that splash page in, in the one where they have all the heroes on one side. It looks like yeah. there's probably like two hundred of them or whatever. And then Black Adam sta- just you know kind of standing he's just there. Standing there. I was working nights and I looked at one of the women I work with. I go, "You see this right here? You see all these guys right here?" And she's like, "Yeah, they're gonna fight this one man." Like, and he's going to win. And he's going to win. And yes. it's going to be epic. I cannot wait for the Black Adam movie. Yep. I cannot wait to see that. All right. So, time for Randy to win. Okay. Going to win. For show and tell. Now, here's what's going to be really great. I'm going to put this book down here. And this is issue number uh, 39. Micronauts number 39. Oh. Okay. And that's the winner. Why? Because that is also the book where Randall... Won his no prize. No prize. Oh, wow. So, for oh, you guys... Say, wait a minute, Micronauts. I know okay, something that cool. was significant. So, for guys who don't know this, um, back in the 60s and the 70s and midway through the 80s, Marvel had this little thing called the no prize. And the way it worked is, if you saw an error in one of their books, and you pointed it out to them and said, hey, by the way, and, and I'm sorry, you had to be a major nerd if, yeah. you, if you knew this. In issue this of Iron Man, Tony has mentioned that he can't use the gauntlet on his right arm because the circuitry has been damaged. But yet, the very next month in Avengers, whatever, he is now using that hand freely. What's the difference? Well, not only did you have to point out the error, you had to explain why the error was there and what had happened. Um, if you did that successfully, Marvel sent you a no prize. Um, and it's actually Mad Men, if you can go back to it. Um, and it is actually where it says you congratulations contains original Marvel no prize. But what's great about it is it's an empty envelope. There was actually nothing in it, but it's usually signed. Like, mine was signed by Bill Mantlow, who was actually writing Micronauts at the time. Okay. Did you get your letter published? Uh, yes, and I, I'm getting there. Okay. So, what ended up happening is, in one of the previous episodes, guys, in one of the previous issues of Micronauts, somebody asked, you know, hey, if a normal man were to go to Jupiter, the gravity of the planet would crush him like an insect. Why don't the Micronauts get crushed when they land on Earth? And the guy said, you know what? I don't know. We'll give a no prize to whoever can answer it. And so this issue has the letter that I wrote printed in. And this is a photocopy. I don't actually have it open to that. Um, But this one right here is my letter. So I'll lift that up. I don't know how well this is going to work. Yeah. Camera's focused for the comic. But is it upside down too? Yeah. Doesn't help, does it? Anyway, Tommy, you go ahead. You can read the minus the bottom letter. Look at that. Yep. Do you want me to read it out loud? Go right ahead. All right. We can assume that if the planet homeworld were to be enlarged, we would we would find it to be basically the same size as Earth. Therefore, there would be a, a slight or almost no difference in gravity on Earth to affect the micronauts. We could also assume that if homeworld were to be enlarged, that we would that we would find it to be bigger, relatively speaking, than Earth, due to its rather unique shape. Explanation, Earth is a rather simple sphere, whereas Homeworld is composed of a number of spheres and cylinder bonds. 
This would make Homeworld larger, occupying more space, with a denser center of gravity than Earth. Thus, the Micronauts would have no problem at all adjusting to our weaker gravity and might seem all the more strong for it. 3. In breaching the space wall, we must remember that the Micronauts grow to considerable size, 6 inches when measured next to an Earth human, rather than remaining microscopic. This change in size might possibly affect their mass, therefore making their bodies more tolerant of Earth's gravitational forces. Now, that's actually not how I wrote it. Those are my explanations, but they did the whole professional polish and what have you. Mm -hmm. But the reason I point this out, and then we'll put the, the no prize back down there. Back in the day, you told people when you had a no prize, you showed this puppy off. Um, you would be at conventions, and people would be talking about, yeah, I want trying to get me a Marvel no prize, I haven't got one. And it was a bragging right to say you had one. Right. Um, and, and you guys remember these things, right? I mean, oh, yeah, I, I do. Both were like, oh, dude. Well, I uh, do. In fact, a friend of mine, um, him and I both read Micronuts. We both tried to get the, this same no prize. Um, and it was funny because they don't tell you. There was no internet. You didn't get like an email or a regular mail. It just showed up. Yeah. And then you knew you'd won. Marvel needs to bring back the no prize. Absolutely. They brought it back for a bit in the 2000s, but it wasn't quite the same. Yeah. Um, because they, ended, they got into this era where they were just handing them out. You didn't really have to earn it anymore. So right. I'm going to buy that at AwesomeCon, that Micronauts, and I want you to autograph it for me with this, the CGC witness. So this is so actually, it's funny label. you said that. I bought this at AwesomeCon because I didn't have my original run anymore. I was feeling, I was getting them all back again, and I saw this one in the box. I went, huh, and I started picking up and looking at it, and uh, the dealer was like, oh, yeah, that was a great series. I'm like, yeah, I, my letter's in this one. He's like, what? And I said, I want a no prize with this issue. He's like, seriously? And I went ahead, opened it up, showed him the letter, and then took out my ID. So yeah, that's me. And I showed him my name and address on it. Of course, obviously, it's changed. Yeah. Um, but he's like, huh, that's actually kind of wild. And so he just gave me the book. <laughs> well, yeah, I would too at that Damn. point. I'd be like, sure, you can have that book. That's awesome, Randy. It is. I mean, I remember you telling me you'd won a no prize, but I don't didn't have the whole story behind it. So that was that was really cool. Yeah, I, I'd say you'd win that night. Right. Because yeah, I'd say you win tonight. There's there's very few. I hate to say this, like we're all dying, but there's few collectors around who can say they still have those. Yeah. So that's 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 a really cool story, man. All righty. So let's get into tonight's subject. We saw the Birds of Prey movie last week. Yes, we did. Uh, so uh, uh, let's cover a couple things here first. Um, so. It's kind of, as uh, Madman said, it is kind of dead in water. Mar um, God, Marvel. DC has already rebranded it. And by DC, we mean Warner. Mm -hmm. Has already rebranded it and just changed the name to Har I think they changed it to Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn colon, colon, Birds, Birds of Prey. Uh, now, they did say that the name change is actually just for billing, um, like for marquees and what have you. The name of the movie is not, staying, is not being changed in the movie itself. But I tell you what I want. If they sent out new posters, I want one of the original posters with the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'll go back to why, because it's like I had, like, anyway, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it made $33 million opening weekend, which is considerably less by about, what, $17 million? They expected it to make fifty. Um, so it I think only it made... was still the number one movie it, it was, for, the, for it, the weekend, even though it yeah, was it didn't well make below it. what was well, expectations. It didn't go against anything. Nothing, yeah, nothing that's else true. opened. That's true. There was nothing else there. But now here's the thing. So it only made $33 million domestically, but globally it made $81 million. Um, and its production was around $84.5 million. So if it stays at least two more weeks, it's going to make money. Yeah. Now, it's not going to make like Shazam that cost $90 million to make and brought back three hundred. It's not going to make that kind of movie. But it'll probably break the 150 170 
um, which will still be making money. It'd be just enough to still warrant maybe doing a spinoff. The other thing too, and, and these are things that I wrote off or, or wrote down because they are valid points. Um, it's rated R and it's starring unknown characters, everybody. So, yeah, I mean, the, these, the, the characters they have minus Harley Quinn are pretty and, much characters that only a hard, you and, know, your hardcore comic And traditionally, and I've never understood this, our movies are a hard sell. Yeah. Um, I always thought that maybe there's enough adults out there who go see them, but I guess the PG-13 and the PGs um, dominate the domestic box office because they've been saying for years. In fact, a lot of time, comedies for years no longer had R ratings. I remember growing up, you didn't see a comedy unless it had an R rating. Right. And then they all went PG-13. You remember what reversed that trend and brought them back? American Pie. Right. Mm, American mm. Pie. So... Another thing, too... Those were such great movies. Um, it's considered, even though it's really not, it's considered a spinoff of Suicide Squad, which on Rotten Tomatoes only had an audience score of like 59%. I'm kind of surprised it was that high. So, yes, Suicide Squad is pretty bad. So those three big factors are why they're saying it didn't make as much as it should. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it. well, and, and I'd, I'd add another one to that. The, the trailers looked bad. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you're like like you said, this is this is a rated R movie with characters that the average public doesn't know. Right. Like I said, other than Harley Quinn, the average public does not know who Huntress is, and doesn't know who Cassandra Cain or Renee Montoya or any of them or right, Black Canary. Right. They, they they don't. I mean, it's it's not like you know a Batman movie or something like that. And you know, the trailers just didn't sell it right now and i will point out sort of what i feel are some of the just the huge errors in it um and and madman i know is just chomping at the bit but he covered it yesterday on his podcast so he might be all chomped out um all of the with the exception of harley quinn all the characters were really weakly written okay except for maybe black mask because yeah. I will give Ed Hugh McGregor stole McGregor, the show. Yeah, as Roman's, uh, Roman Simonis or whatever his name is now, I can't get it right. Um, he was really good as, as uh, Black Mask. Yeah. Harley Quinn, uh, Margot Robbie, let's just face it, she owns the role. She knows what's expected of her in that role, and she nailed it. Yeah. Um, and I totally agree. You should have just named the movie Harley Quinn. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the Donna Lance character was okay. I felt she was just strong enough that it was an interesting character. But let's be honest, um, Victor's ass, Huntress, and the Montoya were all horrible. I didn't necessarily dislike Renee Montoya. I didn't like the way that she was portrayed because Renee Montoya is a, is a much better character than what we were given. I didn't think they should have made her a drunk. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't and, think that, exactly. that should have happened. They, and, they exactly. She's never been a drunk. Yeah, right. she's never been a drunk, and she shouldn't have been in, in, the, and, in the and, movie. And, and I'm sorry... But for the caliber of actress that Rosie Perez is, can you just imagine what she would have done with that if they had given just let her go on that and give, given us the, the Renee Montoya that we've seen from Batman, the animated series, and on to being the Gotham Central well, and being the question. Well, and see, it, here's, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, don't forget. See, here's 52. my problem. I love the character of her name, Matoya. Mm-hmm. I really love that in the comics, when they were investigating something, back when she was teamed up with Bullock, right. you could see that he was lost, and she's standing in the background, which just looked like, you are a dumbass, because she knew what was going on. She yeah. had to figure it out. Yeah. She was always the smart one of that pairing. 
Right. My, my problem with the character in the movie is, and, and forgive me, I know someone actor is going to go, wah, I think Rosie Perez was too old for that role. I, I don't see her being that old. You, you, you know something? With the way I, this, I, I got, I hate to say it, but I think you're on to something there. I, I think what they were going for is they were trying to say to show a woman that had been somewhat beaten down by time because she was screwed over. Right. Yeah. And and you know, I th- so I think that's why they went with an with an older well, actress for that to to show that. And I th- so that's why. I think but here's the fine. thing. They had enough lines that they showed that she was smart and she knew her detective work. You could have easily yeah. done that with a younger actress yeah. um, who acted looked like she could have been physical in some of the fights. I didn't buy her as being quite as physical in some of the fight scenes as the rest of them. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Um, the other problem I had is, and, and this one, everybody out there is just all agreeing in this one. The Cassandra Cain character oh was, my was God. a dumpster fire. Total oh and complete God. dumpster fire. Well, and, and let's face it. The only similarity Cassandra Cain from the movie had with Cassandra Cain from the comics is the name. Is the Cassandra name. Cassandra it, it Cain. Is the name. And, and, and they were both Asian. Asian. And they were that both was Asian. it. Right. That was it. And then that was a big come down. And then you're going to make her an apprentice to Harley Quinn when anyone who knows who she is knows that she was the, who took over. She became Batgirl right after Barbara right. was put in the wheelchair. And and now on top of that, she has some great fighting skills. They, they they just, I, I really think this was something that they just they said, okay, let's see if we can take Harley Quinn and get her with some other female characters, and let's try to see if we can tell one story, but tell another, bring it to get, make it culminate into one story. And then try to sell this. And I'm sorry, but but no. Right. Um, and I, so here's what's funny. When I was thinking about how just what a dumpster fire the Cassandra Kane character was, it dawned on me who would have been perfect for the sidekick role in this. And, and you're going to love this when I point this out, because I know you've read this. The original Harley Quinn series from 2000, that started in 2000, it went like 38 issues. Around issue 33, 32, somewhere around, they started a story called Big Blue Eyes where um, a gangster, I guess, is arrested or killed. I can't remember. But the little blonde girl, Amanda, ends up in Harley's care. Right. That's who you should have had been her sidekick. Oh, yeah. She could have had, could have had her been the, the mobster survivor, had her swallow the diamond from the family. It, it should have been Amanda. And yeah. it would have played much better. Honestly, I think they probably should have, for, for the character of Cassandra Kane, they should have just went with a completely made-up character and just... Right. Not called her Cassandra Kane. Well, and here's the problem. The, she's, to the outsider who don't read comics, she's just a snot-nosed kid, and you like, right. you know, I'm going to wait for you to poop that diamond out the hard way. I don't care because you're a, you know, little obnoxious kid. Right. To the comic book fans, we know who she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be right. Batgirl. And it's a horrible representation of the character. Right. And I'm going to tell you somebody who didn't fare much better either, and she's a spectacular character, but she sucked in this movie. That's the Huntress. And I have on here, Tommy, there's my notes. Huntress was horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Huntress is supposed to be every bit as formidable as the Batman family. Yeah. And she's not. And and she wasn't. And, and, And was I the only one every time... Um, Black Mass, whether he was Rosa, Roman Sedonis or not, and Zaz was in the scene, was just waiting for Batman to show up and whoop both their asses. Right. And, and ironically, and I, 
I wanted this and I didn't want it because I wanted it to stand on its own merits, but it needed some type of Batman cameo. I oh, yeah. I didn't need to see Batman himself. Yeah. I would have been perfectly fine if in one of the fight scenes, especially the one when they were at the, uh, the abandoned tower, because I noticed they were going for the watchtower there with right. that whole thing, and when Black Mask and all the gang show up and they're fighting, I would have been perfectly fine if at one point in, the, in that scene, you just see the shadow of the bat figure flying right. overhead. Right. Harley looks up and goes, time to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that would have told you, okay, the big man is here. Because, and I think it was you, or, or maybe it was our friend Tom, where the hell was Batman? Yeah, the, the, yeah. Because some of those fight scenes, I'm sorry, this is Gotham. He's going to be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, when, yeah. Well, when Ace Chemicals blows up, you, you, uh, that's yeah. not going to attract the bat? Yeah. Right. And, and, and you know? uh, like I said, it goes right. I, was, I told Tom while we were watching, I said, Am I, I said, I'm just waiting for Batman to show up and whoop their ass. Right. And, and that's another thing. When she blows up Ace Chemicals, how great would it have been to find a piece of evidence? Like she picks up the necklace and say, Joker and uh, Harley broke up. She sets it down, and she's investigating, turns around. The necklace is now gone, and there's a note that says, you'll have it in a couple of days with just a bat symbol on it. Right. That, that would have been awesome. Because he wanted, like, fingerprints or what have you. Um, so. And this is why I say Warner dropped the ball when they would not bring Ben Affleck back. Because one of the great things about Suicide Squad was going seeing the um, flashbacks, especially with Deadshot when Ben Affleck showed up as Batman. Right. That was that was just freaking awesome. Right. And I would have loved to. Um, I love would have loved to have seen that. But I'll make a prediction. I don't think we've seen the last of Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't think we've seen the last of uh, Margot as Harley either. Oh, oh no, 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 they're, no they're, by, they're, not by a long shot. They're going to find a way to, to Look, bring her in. Margo, I mean, the new Suicide Squad movie's going to happen. Margot Robbie did her job. Yes, yeah, no she was ifs, great. ands, or buts about it. And like you said at the beginning, she owns this role now. Right. There's nobody. She's kind of, she has done what Chris Hemsworth has done with Thor. It's going to take a hell of an actor to replace him as Thor. Because and same with her, right? And then the same thing with with her as Harley Quinn. They, she owns that role. I think what should have been they took this was a movie where you had cast members, whether they be members of the Rogues Gallery or supporting characters from Batman, and Batman is nowhere to be found, and right. you know that Batman that this is my he's got that this is my city. Mentality, nothing goes down without my knowing about it. And how in the world do you go through two hours, especially two, especially when you got not one but two villains oh, from yeah. the Rogues Gallery that you love to see Batman beat the living hell out of, and Batman doesn't show up? Well, not to mention, look at what's going on in the. All right, Ace Chemicals gets blown up. No Batman presence. No Batman. Um, Black Mask has killed an entire uh, mob family um, trying to purchase his diamond. No mention of Batman. Right. You have a huge fight in Amusement Mile, which has always been Joker's territory. Right. No Batman. Um, so, granted, there's a lot the movie got wrong. Let's talk about the little things it got right. Okay? Um, I absolutely love the fight scenes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite moves, and it's, and it's funny, Tommy and I were sitting there together and uh, when Black Canary came out mm. and uh, she gets into that fight with the, the guys in, that are trying to take Harley off, right. I said, oh, she's going to get her and kick her ass. And I love the move where she kicks her leg up, 
hooks her foot behind the guy's neck and then slams him down to the ground from like five feet up. I'm thinking, oh my God. That was pretty cool. And I do like that they waited for the canary cry. And yeah. They yeah. Kept it yeah. They, kept that, they kept that till the end. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they didn't just kind of just casually throw that out. Right. And, it, was, and it wasn't like they made mention of it or alluded to it. It's just you didn't know she had it. And then um, she did. All Harley ever said was that she had a killer voice. Right. And there's one point when they're getting overpowered and I leaned over the time and like, here comes the canary cry. Yep. And, then, and then she said, hold your ears. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> and I liked how when they did that, how Harley got propelled within the range of the canary cry. She used, her. she used a shockwave to carry yeah. her. Yes. Yeah. That was, that, that was pretty good, too. Well, they showed throughout the movie that Harley was an intelligent woman. That, yeah. you know, she had a PhD and was, you know... A very uh, absolutely, it, and that's a very good point. They delve heavily to the fact that she's not just a typical love-struck uh, woman. She was smart. She was educated. She had a PhD. She just fell for the, the classic case. She fell in love with her patient, and that's right. not supposed to happen. Nope. Um, I also really love, and I don't know why the, I thought these were so great, is when it gets revealed that Joker and Harley are no longer together, all the people that now have grievances against Harley are coming for it. And I love right. the way it would stop, show their face, and then you had a little cartoon, like their name, and then grievances, right. and they would list how she had wronged them. Right. I actually kind of really liked that. Yeah, I thought that was, it was funny. I thought it was a really great kind of break in the fourth wall thing, because you know yeah. Harley's talking to you when she's talking about, okay, so here's right. what's going on. <laughs> when, Matt, she, when she broke into the, when she went into the police department to get Cassandra, that was a good scene. That was too. a great that scene. Was a, yeah. That was great. And so it's funny. All the action scenes were fantastic. It's the actual characterization yeah. that fell they flat. Killed, they killed the movie. Yeah, a lot of these characters were the, those characters in name only. Yeah. I mean, definitely Cassandra Kane. That was Cassandra Kane in name only. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. They only alluded to it. Um, but um, Canary's backstory. Well, and, and obviously it was... Get the team together, throw them together quickly, and then go fight the bad guy. Yeah. Because, let's face it, the good first hour of that movie is Harley telling her story. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then, and then, and that's, I guess that's part of what I didn't like about it. It felt like, oh, crap, we only got 50 minutes to quick get the team together. Yeah, because this is definitely not a Birds of Prey movie. No, it's this not. This is a Harley Quinn movie. Well, no, it's not. Well, sadly, I don't think we're going to see a Birds of Prey sequel. No, uh, I don't think we are either. Because it's not going to make enough money. We'll see Harley again. Yeah, Harley will be back. Now, depending on what Wonder Brothers' direction is, we might see Birds of Prey either as a cameo in another movie, or we might see some of those characters show up in a movie. Um, I really wanted to love Huntress, but I just could not get into that character. I, I didn't like that they made her the comic relief, which is what they yeah. did. Yeah, and she would... And she had no confidence whatsoever. Oh, right. Because one thing that I always loved about the Huntress, the Huntress never questions anything that she does. And 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 she, this and she second guessed herself the whole time. My name is and I was like, What? Well, there is a cute little scene where she's practicing her line in the mirror. Right. Um, but other than that, that character is horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, the hunter. I, I was very my. She's my favorite out of all of them, and I was very disappointed that we didn't get the huntress that we wanted to see. Well, and I think too they could have done um, done a better Birds of Prey team. I mean, obviously you got to keep in Black Canary, right? Obviously you got to keep in Huntress. 
I don't really see Cassandra Kane or Renee Montoya when I think Birds of Prey. Right. Um, you know, I, you know, Barbara Gordon. Well, again, the problem with Barbara Gordon is yeah, I mean, you really you, you have to touch this. on the fact that she was Batgirl at one time, and then you're too much tying it into yeah, the you could, you really series. couldn't use her in this, but you know. Now, what you could have done is you could have easily pulled in um, Strix. Mm-hmm. from the New 52, the, the whole talent of the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. and just alluded to the background like, you know, they're even more mysterious than the guy with the ears. And that's right. all you had to do, just make it known that they've gone against Bruce a couple of times, and let's just leave it at that. Um, I did love, though, that she named her, her hyena Bruce. That was pretty yeah. funny. That wasn't lost on me that it was named after Batman. Because doesn't she even make a comment about uh, how the name is tied to Batman, which she said his name was Bruce? I don't remember. I she probably remember. did, but I don't remember. So that's our take on Birds of Prey. It's an okay movie. It's a fun time. I don't think I'll own it. Um, yeah, I, I might be interested it. in seeing I it again on a slow night. Either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could see it on streaming, you know, if I didn't have anything else going on. But so until next time, guys, um, remember Mad Men has his podcast every Tuesday night at 6, Shock Monkey Radio. Um, Kevin and Troy do the Comics Online podcast Monday nights at 9.30. Um we have our Facebook page, obviously, um, Lost in Longbox, uh, uh, Facebook.com slash Lost in Longbox. I'll get this right eventually. Patreon.com. Go out there, please. Throw us a couple of bucks if you don't mind. Uh, we're going to start looking at some giveaways for some of the, uh, the levels to, yeah. to get some people to, to sign up. And then, of course, our, our Gmail account, Lost in Longbox at Gmail.com. Enos, hit them up with the three uh, Facebook pages we have. Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever, the realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture, and gather together the greatest superhero teams. There you go. And that Batman page is growing by leaps and bounds. That is all the time we have. By the way, next week, um, very special show, we're going to have a guest speaker. Um, You want to go ahead and drop who that is now, or you want to... Um, We're going to... I'm going to be making contact with him, but if everything goes well, ladies and gentlemen, we will have Green Lantern artist extraordinaire Daryl Banks joining us next week. Next week? Next week. Uh, uh, this, next week I thought was Christian. I'm, well, we can get Christian. I, I was under impression we were doing Christian oh, first I, and then we're doing Daryl Banks. Okay, we can do that. That's fine. Right. I mean, because uh, Daryl just said let him know when. All right. So so I'll drop a line to Chris because I was going to talk with you about that. Yes. I had it backwards. I'm sorry. Yep, so so Daryl Banks is in two weeks, guys, so I can already hear people out there going, well, damn. Uh, next week will be Christian Hall. Christian Hall, who is from the... From Second Coming um, Comics. Second Coming. All right. Uh, that is all the time we have this week. Thank you guys for joining us, and we will see you next week. All right. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night, folks.